Let's pray. Father, we praise you for what you have done, that you have sent your Son to change everything. As we praise you, as we sing hallelujah to you, God, what we, what we, we are doing is responding to what you have done. We're just, we're, we're, we're being thankful on this week of thanksgiving. We, we are praising and honoring and glorifying you for what you have done. Before we move into the next part of our service where we're going to open God's Word and listen to what He says, I want to invite you, if, if there's something separating you from God right now that you need to just confess, if you're, if you're a Christian but you're running away from Him, and so even listening to God would be hard for you, I, I want you to just say, God, I'm sorry, I confess that what I've done is wrong. Will you forgive me? And again, God, we know that you're faithful and just. You forgive our sin and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness through Jesus. And so again, we say hallelujah. Thank you for what you do. And God, I ask right now that you would help me. I pray that my words would be empowered by the very Spirit of God, that I would do what I can on my own, that you, in a powerful way, would communicate in a helpful way to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So for years I served at a camp. And every week at camp, we would have a dance. Maybe that's not the way you thought the sermon was going to start, but it was a Christian camp, and so the dance was clean. One week, when we were at camp for the dance, we had a kid come out on the dance floor who could break dance, like legit break dance. So they came out on the court, I mean, everybody cheering them on, Tommy, Tommy, and just cool. And I'm like, I'm, uh, what impressed me most is, is this kid could sweep. Now, I don't know if you know what breakdancing is, but sweep is when you lift yourself off the ground with your arms, you hold yourself up with your arms, and then you swing your legs around. Y'all have seen this happen, right? You may not have known it was called sweeping, right? As, as you're going back and forth holding yourself up on your arms. Y'all you, have seen this, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about now. So after, after the dance, I, I, I went to the guy and I was like, hey, bro, you've got to teach me how to do that. I mean, that was awesome. And he said, okay, tomorrow I want you to meet me on the sports court and I'll show you how. So the next afternoon, went on the sports court with this guy and for two hours, he tried to teach an uncoordinated guy like me how to sweep. So as we were doing it, in fact, towards the end of our time, unfortunately for me, the program director walks up and he sees me attempting to sweep. Campers leave, next week of campers come, dance is about to happen, 
Before the dance, the kids would all be outside the dining hall where we do the dance, and I mean, they all jumping up and down. It was a high school camp for Pine Cove, with Pine Cove Shores. They were jumping up and down and saying, ain't no party like a Pine Cove party, as a Pine Cove party. Everybody, I mean, the energy level, it's about to happen, and the program director points at me, and he says, Sam, which my name wasn't Sam at that point at camp. We had camp names, so Astaire was my camp name. <laughs> so he said, Astaire. Astaire, hey, I want you to get, there was a couple of different levels of platforms in the dining hall. He said, I want you to get up on the, the top platform and I want you to break dance. And I'm like, me? No, I'm, I'm, and I was like, no, Sam, go now. We're about to let him go now. So I'm up top. Kids are all about to come. And I say kids, like all the students are about to come in and they start the music. And I start trying to do my, my sweet. So I'm going back and forth, back and forth, trying to hold myself up with my hands and I'm swinging my legs around. Kids come in and in my mind, in my mind, like the whole camp comes around the stage and like, uh, stare, uh, stare. I think it was like three people, but they're like, uh, stare. <laughs> and in the process of me doing this, sw swinging around, I hear a pop. Oh, yes, thank you. That was a good response. So I act as if everything's okay, and I get down off, and I let, yeah, so, and so just get down, and I'm like, ah, go in the back, go to the nurse, nurse takes me to the doctor, and sure enough, I broke my thumb, break dancing. So if you later want to see the scar on my thumb where they had to do surgery to reattach the tendon, here's the deal, like when you're, when you're sweeping, uh, any really good breakdancer apparently knows this, where your thumb goes is important. You don't move your thumb out away from your other fingers because if you do, it could catch and go that way. Yeah. Trying to hold myself up Wanting the praise from the audience, a uh, stare. I broke my thumb and went down. Why do I start here? As we end the book of Romans today, we've been walking, students, some of you have been invited this weekend, you don't know this, we've been walking through the whole book of Romans this year. Paul, last three verses in the book of Romans, is going to end with this doxology. Uh, that we're we're going to hear at the end, not people saying, us, stare, us, stare. No, they're going to say, Jesus, Jesus. But the doxology is all built on how God holds us up. Now, in your life, you may not be on a physical dance floor, but in your life, whatever you're walking through right now, you might not feel like God is holding you up. You, you may be right now feeling very broken. And I want you to see what, because Paul's going to spend most of his time as he builds through helping you see what God has done for the ultimate ending of Jesus. Y'all with me? Okay. To honor God's word one last time in the book of Romans. In fact, you want to like drum roll on your pew in front of you? All right, y'all stand with me. Stand with me. We're going to read starting in chapter 16, the last three verses in the book of Romans. 
Now to him who is able to strengthen, that word strengthen literally is to set up, to support, or to hold up. He's able to hold you up according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. According to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ, through ever more through Jesus Christ. And the last word in the book of Romans is amen. amen. The whole book done. All right? You may be seated. One more time, I'm going to pray. God, help in the name of Jesus. Help. Help us see what your word says about how you hold us up and help us see it for your glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Verse 25, my role right now, my role is not to try to tell you something that I want to say. My role is to try to show you what God's word already says. These are the inspired words of God, okay? Look what he says, verse 25. Now to him, if you want to skip ahead to 27, he's going to talk about glory to God. To him, to him who is able. The word there, able, comes from the word that we get our word dynamite from. He's incredibly powerful, a whole lot more powerful than that little popper. You will break if you try to do what this passage tells you to do on the dance floor of life. But he will not. God is able to, he says, strengthen. Again, I told you this word means to set up, to support, to hold up, to strengthen who? To strengthen who? To strengthen you. All right? So, I'm going to put it right here on the top of this tripod. Why? Because we're going to see on this tripod how God is able to hold you, to prop you, to support you up in life. And Paul's going to say this because he wants you to know this for this ultimate ending that you're going to see. And some of you, some of you here are here today and you're a Christian and you think that all God wanted for you was you just to say yes to Jesus and that's, yes, huge, really important. Give your life to Christ. You've got eternity now with Jesus. But he doesn't leave you alone. He wants to walk with you in such a way that in your dance floor of life, he can hold you up. Now watch, there are three accordings in the passage, three different according to. Here's how he holds you up. We're going to look at all three. We've got conveniently three legs to our tripod. Y'all with me? Look what he says. He's able to strengthen you, to hold you up according to my, what's the word? Gospel. Now, if you started in the book of Romans with us at the beginning of this year, you know we spent a big portion of our first sermon even talking about what the word gospel meant for people who heard it at that point. Gospel would have been what they knew was a proclamation by someone who were to come into the city and say, hey, guess what? They didn't have newspapers. They didn't have the internet. 
in order to get information, there would be a herald that would show up in town and he'd say, hey, good news. There's a battle that's been won. And because this battle's been won, there's a new king and you get to be a citizen of his kingdom. That's what gospel meant to them. But there's this gospel now that Paul has been explaining in 16 chapters in this book. This gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Uh, D-Now students, uh, did y'all have fun this weekend? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yes, I'm glad. I know some of you didn't even fit in the section up here, so you're up here. Yes. Yes, I uh, see you. Yes, our, our theme for D-Now this weekend was, anybody? Irreplaceable. Who is it, who is it that's, who? Yeah, specifically God's son who is Jesus. That's right. Y'all walked through with your leaders this week some of the I am statements from Jesus. Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, right? Who's irreplaceable? Jesus, Jesus. And the, the, Paul is saying to the church, he wants to hold Christians up, not just save Christians. He wants to hold you up in the dance floor of life through you, watch, through my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Do you know the, the gospel, the good news that Jesus came and died for you is not just how you enter the Christian life, it's how you stay up in the Christian life? Y'all know that? J.D. Greer, a pastor right now, says it this way. He says, the diving board is not the gospel. The pool is the gospel. That the, the Christian life, do you know the pastor of this church, me, who spends time in the week preparing to talk to y'all about Jesus, I need to be reminded of the gospel every week. I, I tell Justin and Holly this, when, when, when I come into worship and they lead me in singing songs about Jesus, right? We just did that together here in the room. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. My own, thy own dear presence for me, he gives to cheer and to guide. Strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow, right? We just, we get to sing about the gospel. And I need to be reminded of it. There's times, especially those that are in first hour, you get to see it because I'm being reminded for the first time that day of the gospel where I would get up and cry trying to preach because I'm being reminded of what Jesus has done for me. I feel weak so often, but when I'm reminded there's nothing, there's nothing that I need to do today to earn God's favor, that Jesus has done that for me already. You know what happens? It strengthens me. And you need to be reminded of it. We, we need, so here we go. I'm gonna get another little sign here. We, I'll flip that over and I'll work with that here in a second. We need, okay, the gospel of Jesus Christ to hold us up, Paul says, as Christians. Now, for you in the room, uh, some of you have uh, another church that you're part of that, that reminds you of Jesus. We have a lot of guests on a Sunday like this for D-Now, which is awesome. And, and if you're in a church that is reminding you of the gospel, awesome. You know that's important for us to go to church. You know why? So that God can remind us and hold us up through the gospel. That's one of the reasons. We also need Christian friends and Calvary. There's a lot of reasons. This is one of the big reasons, one of the reasons I need to come to church to be reminded of the gospel. If you do not have a church, that's reminding you of what Jesus did. Even we had, we had 15 students give their life to Christ this weekend. Praise God. That's awesome, right? Yep. 
But, but, but you need to be reminded of it. You need to be so that God can hold you up. So we want to invite you. If you don't have a church family that's reminding you of Jesus, we'd love to invite you to be part of our family. We're messed up people. I'm a broken person when it comes to the dance floor of life. I need God's arms holding me up through the gospel, and so do you, okay? It's the first thing that he says, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Second, according to, according to the revelation of the mystery. Any of y'all like to read? Yes, some hands in there. How many like to read mysteries? I'm just curious. Yes, a lot of hands. There's more hands that aren't. How many of you never would raise your hand if the pastor said raise your hand? I feel like I always have to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. He says there's a, a revelation now that, that is of a mystery that has been kept secret for ages. As some are reading through the Bible reading plan with us, and go, we're going to read through the whole Bible this year. Last week, we read Paul tell us specifically what the mystery is. In Ephesians chapter 3, he says this mystery is that through the gospel, the good news of Jesus, all the Gentiles, which is anyone who's not a Jew, you know the Old Testament was written about like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we got, we got the Moseses of the world, and the Davids, and the, like, all, he had this chosen people. The mystery, he says, is that we now, if you're, even if you're not a Jew, are sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. There's this mystery. How was it revealed? Well, how was it revealed? Well, he keep going, verse 26, as he talks about it a little more. But it's now been disclosed, another way for saying shown to us, how? And through the prophetic, what is he, what's the word? The prophetic what? Writings. What are the prophetic writings? Yeah, whoa. Do you, do you know that, that this, this book is God's word? And, and God's word, like, like God himself loves us enough to give us these prophetic writings that has been made known now to all nations, he says, as he's finishing this according to. That, that we now get to experience God holding us up through the revelation of Scripture. How can God hold you up? Well, he can hold you up through hearing the gospel, being reminded of the gospel. He can also hold you up through revelation of Scripture. How does that work? This last week, had a guy share, heard a guy share, about being diagnosed with cancer. Younger man, you wouldn't think he would get cancer. He got diagnosed with cancer. And when you, want, you want to talk about like on the dance floor of life being knocked down, right? Been diagnosed with cancer. And he said, overwhelming when the doctor said, biopsy, here's the report. Overwhelming just feeling of anxiety and whoa. Just, he said, as that hit me, he said, I was reminded of the revelation of Scripture. Specifically, he pointed to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 9 through 10. He said on the dance, he wasn't using the dance floor of life. He said, in my life, things had just fallen apart literally in front of me. But scripture held me up. How? Well, this is 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, 
so that whether we are awake or asleep, Paul uses these words often in the New Testament to talk about death and life physically for a Christian because Christians now, if you believe in Jesus, it's like awake or asleep. It's not like you're gonna really, your soul is gonna go to be with Jesus forever, right? He says, so whether you're awake or asleep, physical life or death happens. Whether you're awake or asleep, we might live with him. So this man sharing about the report, cancer, When he gets the report, revelation of scripture, reminded of the hope that he has in Jesus. And then his words, and I quote, was followed by peace like a river. I don't know what's happening in your life, but if you're trying to hold yourself up, if, if you're trying to, to, to carry everything that's spinning around you right now with your own strength, you're going to fall. But God is able to hold you up through the gospel of Jesus. You need to be reminded and through the revelation, are you hearing from God? Uh, some people think, if you're new to church, some people think, well, of course they're gonna say you need to read the Bible. Like that's what I, I heard even before I came. I, knew, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible and now I feel even worse about myself because I'm not reading the Bible. You know the Bible is not given to you so that you feel guilty for not reading it. That's not, you, you're not gonna earn favor with God through reading the Bible. That has happened through Jesus, right? This book is given to you and I as Christians so that we know what Jesus has done for us and so that God can hold us up in life through his word. It's a gift. And here's my encouragement to you. If you don't know how to study it, I don't know someone who's walking close to Jesus who's not in this book. And so I would invite you to talk to another Christian about how they are reading the Bible and what they're learning through the Bible. If you don't know another Christian, you don't have a relationship with another Christian that can help you walk through Scripture, you can jump on our website if you want, firstmckinney.com forward slash Bible. We don't get money because you go on our website. This is not a promo. I want to help you. And I want you to get the help through Scripture. You go to firstmckinney.com forward slash Bible. There's Bible reading plan there. There's ways that you can go through Scripture to study Scripture. Why? Because God, God has given, this is, all Scripture is, is breathed out by God, the Bible tells us. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the men and women of God can be equipped for every good work. He wants this for you. Are you taking him up on it? God can hold you up through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the revelation of scripture, and then keep going with me. He's not done. One more according to. According to the command, where do we see God's commands? Where where do we get to see them? I heard somebody say it under their breath. Where, where, where do we know what God's commanded? Yeah, Scripture in the Bible. Yes. We just talked about that. According to the command of the eternal God to bring about the, what's the words there? The obedience of faith. Here's the third thing that God, said, God did say because he inspired Paul to write this. 
As Paul writes that God is able, how is he able to hold you up? He's able to hold you up the gospel of Jesus Christ, the revelation of scripture, and the obedience of faith. Uh, These words show up one other time. It's in the introduction to the book of Romans, and he's talking about the same thing. Do you know that faith in Jesus saves you? When you you believe that God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sin, the Bible says something else is happening in your life. As you believe that he did that for you, you're repenting of your sin and choosing to follow him. That's happening all at the same time. But it's happening by faith. When you believe, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But it's not just salvation through faith. The Bible says we live by faith as Christians. That, that you and I, you and I, if we're Christians and we want to take God up on what he offers, we are now offered the Holy Spirit who is in your life and my life, who empowers you now to obey God. You get to now behave like you believe empowered through the Holy Spirit. Now, now, how does, what, what is this, Sam, this sounds like it's going to be guilty, I'm supposed to have to do something. No, you get to do something. You get to now, Tim Keller, as he describes what is obedience of faith in this passage, he says this is sharing now because of the Holy Spirit, sharing in the faithful obedience of the Messiah. That is Christ-likeness. That's why as we talk about our mission as a church, our mission as a church is we want to make disciples who literally live and love like Jesus. Not because we have to earn favor with God. It's it's something we get to do now empowered by the Spirit. So how do we take God up on that? In my life, mentorship, discipleship, others speaking into me has always been extremely important to me. It's like how I've experienced so much life change. And there was a guy who actually did Rebecca and I's wedding. Love you. Uh, my, his name's Jim Leggett. Jim Leggett, a pastor at a church in Katy, I'd come alongside him and say, hey, I want you to show me what you do to follow Jesus so I can be more and more like you and hopefully through that be more and more like Christ. Like, it's like the flip side of what Paul said when he said follow my example as I follow the example of Christ and he said hey I, I, I don't have any secrets I'll just tell you what what I what I do and he said so he teaches me showed me what he was doing in his own time with Jesus he said I would I would open the Bible and I would pray God thank you I don't have to do anything to earn your favor remind myself of the gospel I would read God what are you saying to me and then I would move from that to not just God I'm going to hear what you're saying I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, God, specifically, what in my life do you want me to do different today? How do you want me to obey? And he said, Sam, are you journaling? I said, yeah, I'm journaling. He said, well, what are you journaling about? And I'm journaling my prayers. And he said, hey, that's all really, really good. He said, I would encourage you as you're listening to God, not just journal uh, what you're praying for. Journal something that God is leading you to do in obedience. And do, my personal Bible study time, all of, it moved from, for me, being a chore to being something that was life transformative. As I listened to the Spirit of God and said, okay, I'm not just I should love people better. That feels like guilt. 
But what is it today, Holy Spirit, that you want to empower me to do today as an act of obedience in response to that? Or, hey, I'm not, man, I shouldn't do this, and you know, I shouldn't look at this, I shouldn't read that, I shouldn't say that. Instead, what, what, what action step am I going to do today? To, to help through your spirit, the strength that you give me, to not go there again. And whew, you know what happened? I got to see in a new way God holding me up through the obedience of faith. And he wants to do that for you. What does that look like for you? Uh, in your life, in your life, are you not taking God up on what he's wanting to prompt for you because you're not moving from man I should to through the spirit I will? God wants to lead you to the obedience of faith. And by the way, if you want to learn how to do that, you can go back to Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Talking all, if you, you don't know what it really looks like, you can go back to Romans chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, like, right? That's what, what Paul has shown us in the book of Romans. The gospel doesn't just save us, it transforms us as he holds us up as we respond in obedience to what he has done. Y'all see it? The dance floor of life right now, the dance floor of life, has it knocked you down? Are you trying to hold yourself up? Let God do what only God can do. Why? Do you know, if I stopped right here, I would miss Paul's whole point. Paul has spent most of his time trying to remind you what God is able to do for you so that, on this Thanksgiving week, the thankfulness that you have for what he can do will lead you to glorify God. Watch, watch what he says. Verse 27. To the only wise God be, what's the word? Glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Well, how does it tie to this? We'll go back again to verse 25. Now, to, what, what does he want us to give to? He wants us glory. What is glory? It's praising God for who he is and what he has done. Now to him who is able to, and then he goes off on this, in this beautiful doxology on what he is able to do for you. Why? So that you try to get on stage so that you focus on how you feel, so that you, no, he, he wants you to, to, to give glory to God, right? He, God, God loves you, but he loves you in such a way, you know that God is not you-centered. God is God-centered. God does not struggle with idolatry. That's actually in the Ten Commandments as wrong. God knows that if he and his glory stays at the focus of your life, it will be better for you. And it's what creation is all about. If you, like me, are just focused on that moment on stage, students, if your life, if you live for the moment where people around you are going, a uh, stare, a uh, stare, and you're like, this is awesome, you're going to be depressed, anxious, disappointed. 
Like, I, 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 I'm on social media. I do social media. It's amazing how many times I want to look at how many likes I get. Like, I've turned it off now on Instagram for me, so I can't see how many likes. Because it's a distraction. It's, it's what we at the world is telling you. Hey, live for this moment. Us stare, us stare. No, God's saying, hey, look at what I'm doing to hold you up so that you get to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's what we get to live for. And do you know Paul? Okay, Paul, in his book, God, yeah, as I were to summarize this in, in, in one word, God can hold you up for his glory. God can hold you up for his glory. Chapter one of Romans, he started, he said, ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen through what is created. So man is without excuse. Without excuse for what? Well, he goes on in the next verse, in, in verse 21. In fact, you can skip back there if you want to see it with us. He says in verse 21, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. Thanksgiving week, that leads to honoring, praising, glorifying God. Give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 23, skipping down, they exchanged the glory of God. For, and how do we fix this glory exchange where we, we have sought our own glory and not given it to God? We look at what he has done for us and we, in response to what he has done, God, thank you, Thanksgiving week. Praise you for what you've done. Thank you, Lord. All glory, all honor, all praise to you. Y'all know this week we're going to get time, some of you. Some of you, Thanksgiving is hard because you won't get this time with family or friends. Uh, some this week will get significant time with family or friends. You know you have an opportunity, if, especially if you're like the spiritual leader in your family. Like if you're a grandparent and you're gonna have your children and grandchildren in your home this week, you have like culture setting you up for a moment to glorify God together. Are, are, I wanna invite you to let the doxology of Romans come out in your home on some level. Maybe for you it's just a, hey, before we pray, can, can let's, let's go around the room and let's, let's, let's thank God for something he's done. Maybe your family's big enough you need to get the text app that Presley just set us up with today and I don't know. Maybe with your group of friends you're like, hey, I, I don't even know where you are with God, but this is Thanksgiving week and can I just tell you why I'm thankful for what God did for me through Jesus? Like we are teed up right now. We're teed up this week to glorify God for the way that he holds us up through his son, Jesus Christ. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. After first hour, Holly Hornsby, worship leading with us, she showed me a text that was sent to her before the service started by someone here in the room. This is the book of Jude, and the book of Jude there is a doxology. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you 
from falling. Isn't this cool? And will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. It doesn't have to be the doxology in the book of Romans. You can find it anywhere and run there this week and say, God, look what you have done for me. And in response, I want to say, thank you. You are glorious. Paul, as he, first 11 chapters of Romans, y'all know the end of Romans chapter 11 after he spent so much time on what God has done for us, he just overflows with another doxology. Oh, the depths of riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Ah. This is what we get to do on Thanksgiving week. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So love he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life an atonement for sin and opened the life gates that all may go in, right? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Yes, that's what we get to do. So today, today, maybe, maybe for you, you need to take God up on something he's doing to hold you up. If you're doing that, you know, do you know that it's not really about you. It's about him. Use what he is doing in your life to thank him, to praise him, to give him glory. Y'all pray with me. God, I thank you for what you have done. What you have done all glory, all honor go to you, Lord. God, I pray that as we enter this week of thanksgiving for those in this room who in the dance floor of life really have been knocked down, God, I pray that they would take you up on what you do for them to hold them up. God, I pray that they would be able to enjoy and remember what you have done. Why? Why? For your glory. For your glory. So together we praise you. We praise you for what you have done. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.